Ace fans, I'm Jeff Gilder. This is the Wally Bell Show. From gassers to pro mods, after 38 years of drag racing, a member of the York US 30 Legion of Honor, a member of the East Coast Drag Times Hall of Fame, and recently honored at the 25th Superstock AFX Reunion, ladies and gentlemen, Wally Bell. Bell Show. We are produced and broadcast by Racers Reunion Radio and RacersReunion.com. We have uh, a fantastic guest on tonight uh, to join our team of Gordy Faust, George Nye, Jeff Gilder, and myself. Our guest tonight is Corky Stockham. I'm, I'm very honored and proud to call Corky my friend. Uh, got thinking about this this morning, and Corky and I have been friends for damn near 40 years. And uh, Corky uh, is is a man of vision and a dreamer. He is not afraid of anything. When I first met him, he had an old Indy car converted to a super modified. He was up at Oswego Speedway with some of the greatest asphalt modified racers I ever lived. And from there... We're going to let Corky tell you all about it. Corky, welcome to our show. Hi, Wally. Thanks for having me on. Well, I, uh, you know, I touched on the, on your super modified driving days. Corky, I, I, I got a feeling that that's really where you were at when I first met you. you. That was what you were going to pursue. Is that not true? I think that's what I was, uh, I was up to as I was trying to always be a race car driver and, uh, I ended up spending my life in one way or another in that form. Well, you sure have. And uh, I think all of our listeners and uh, I think our our team here in the studio, uh, at one time or another, you've had a copy of the National Parts Peddler in your hand. Corky, you, you dreamt it. You put it together. You financed it. You distributed it. Um, how did that all come about? I mean, was that something that you saw a need for? Oh, back in the day, you know, I used to, to write articles and be a photographer for, like, Gator Racing and News. And, you know, I, I've been involved since I've been five years old, live next to a real good uh, drag race team. And that taught me a lot as a young boy. And, you know, by the time I was 12, I owned a drag car. And up through the years, we did more and more. And, and uh, by the time I was 20, I had the uh, Super Modified for a couple of years. And, and I could see with all the growth in the industry, I said, you know, you go to some of the early flea markets and some of the different things, 
that there was a big need for, you know, communication. There was no Internet and things like that. And I came out with a little publication, you know, we called it National Parts Peddler, and uh, it grew every day since. And it, uh, we've sold everything in our publication all over the country, all over the world over the last 36 years. And uh, it, uh, it, it's been quite a quite a story, all the different people and all the vehicles and all the different deals we've put together and from coast to coast. And I've been really lucky to uh, have, you know, learned a lot from an early childhood that I had a, a good background in the auto racing industry. Well, you know, Corky, uh, for our listeners to get a handle on where you are physically located, if any of you uh, or most of you know about uh, Cicero, uh, we always called it from my Binghamton days, we always called it Cicero Drag Strip, but it's ESTA, Empire State Timing Association, the drag strip in, in uh, Cicero. If you go down the road just a little bit, you're right on a beautiful piece of water, and that's where Corky has been. God, Corky, you've been there for 36 years, right? Yeah, a long time. We've been here since 1970, I believe. And it's uh, we're not far from the Cicero Drag Strip. That's for sure. About a mile away, and Asta still does well today. And you know, it's uh, we have a lot of those competitors that uh, we're going to tell you about our parts peddler trade show, in which is next uh, weekend, November sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen in Syracuse. We've had that for uh, thirty-three years. Same location. Uh, same building. It's been a great event. If anybody is listening that's ever been there, they'd know it used to start it out as the Parts Peddler Racers Auction and Trade Show. We sold probably 150 race cars at the auction and maybe five, 6,000 parts new and used throughout a three-day weekend and combined with a trade show. And some of the vendors were in the early days they started with a card table there, and today they're big manufacturers. Uh, it, it was It's amazing to see the companies uh, that we dealt with and still do and some of the famous people that started there and went up and built huge corporations out of it. It's, it's incredible. Bit. Well, you know, Corky, uh, we'll get into that a little heavier after because uh, through you... Um, I, I got to know Jim Deist personally. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, <laughs> Wonderful and, guy. <laughs> oh, man, he was awesome. Uh, but, Corky, and I really want to spend some time talking about the show because it's it's truly one of the greatest trade shows. Uh, I told somebody the other day that north of Orlando and east of the Mississippi, it's the best one. And, and uh, But we'll get into that in our second segment. But okay. going back to the... The young, handsome Corky Stockham. Tell our listeners. Been long ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, when I used to, uh, as you know, hell, I uh, up until just a few years ago, I owned a, I owned a couple of shares of stock in that drag strip. That tells you how far back I go. Mm-hmm. When I was when I was running at Savannah, I can remember the guys coming, you know, over there, and they were telling me about this track being built, and you could buy shares for a hundred bucks a pop, you know, so. I bought a couple, my dad bought a couple, and 
Bob Chipper and a couple other all of us had a little piece of it for a long time but and I and, and I must say that back in the day when I did go NHRA uh racing uh Corky uh God bless I had some hellacious good races over there we we won a gigantic race over there with my 409 in 1961 I'll never forget it but but anyway enough of that how, tell our listeners how you towed your drag car over to the drag strip. Was was it with a big 18-wheeler or something real fancy, or how'd you do it? Um, back in the early days, I was I had like a <laughs> <laughs> I was about 12 years old. I had a a 1950 Ford flathead, and I didn't have a driver's license. And we had a great big, huge rope about two inches around, and we had a guy with a big truck towed us about seven miles down to the drag strip and I'd be young kid wheeling the car down there and the other guy drove it because I didn't have a license but uh, in the day that you just mentioned with the 409s I was a young kid I used to sit across the street high up in a tree and we used to watch the drags from you know a couple hundred feet away at the start line and then at the end of the day we would pick out the best hot rod that came out of there and we'd hitchhike back to where I told you eventually we had the our garage with the drag car later was right on the main route so i had a lot of rides in different drag cars we'd pick out the best one made ran good and stick our thumb out and the guy yeah i'm going that way oh that's cool cork uh, you know i i i think about um you know some of the guys that uh are our regular listeners and some of the people that listened when mike evigens was on our show but i actually met Mike Evigens at Cicero when he was up there with Jimmy Potternaster hanging out, you know, fixing his jet car up at Jimmy's place. And the way Cicero is, Esta is laid out, you can, own, well, I think you might have been up there when, when the, uh, when he had the jet car up there. He just about blew those houses across the road there. He about blew them off their foundation. That foundation. You know? yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, in those days, it was wide open, and they get a little fence there now. It's pretty effective, but in those days, something like that would blow the houses away. Oh, I love it, Corky. When whenever I used to have the opportunity to come up and and later on, uh, later on in my insurance days, I would be in town for meetings, and I'd come up and hang out with you, and go get a bite, and come back to your office, and. You always like to show me the stash because not only did you get ad money, you know, for ad, ads in the parse peddler, but you had more stuff, Corky, in your shop than I. I mean, you had Pete Jones gear drives, and uh, that was. Do you still have quite a stash? Oh no, I don't have. Like years ago, I used to really have a lot of new and used parts that. I finagled one way or another from different manufacturers and people and trading for advertising, etc. We used to have all kinds of things, and, you know, I was pretty generous at sponsoring cars and doing things then because, you know, you had access to it, and it was, it was very plentiful. So we were involved with lots and lots of race cars of all types, from drag race to super modifies to dirt modifies, all kinds. And uh, so we had a... We had a lot of fun over the years being involved with all kinds of racetracks, race cars, associations, met a lot of uh, wonderful people, and uh, it's been, I've been very fortunate to be able to be involved my entire life in auto racing, make a living at it. 
Well, I, I was just going to say, and you and you've contributed a great deal to a lot of people because from drag racers to dirt track racers to you know, you name it. Uh, if you look in the parts peddler years ago, I can remember scouring that thing, and I don't, Cork, I don't know how many things I bought over the years myself, sure. uh, and friends of mine that, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it was a fantastic thing. Corky, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I want to talk, I want you to talk about, uh, your, I'm going to call it phase two or three of your life, but I want to get into the modern parts peddler and Bonneville. I uh, I got to have the listeners hear about it. I got to hear about it. So let's take a break, Jeff, and come back with Corky. Collector Auto Fest and the American Diabetes Association of Raleigh present award-winning Elvis tribute artist Keith Henderson in concert Friday night, November 9th at 8 o'clock in the historic Dorton Arena on the state fairgrounds in Raleigh. We're caught in the trap. I can't walk out. Illusions of the King featuring Keith Henderson and a Cadillac cruise-in all inside Dorton Arena. General admission only $8, box seats $12, VIP tickets for the pre-concert meet and greet $15. Doors open at 6, showtime 8 p.m. Part of the proceeds benefit the American Diabetes Association and car lovers. The Carolina Collector Auto Fest will be at the fairgrounds Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. See some of the finest show cars around and check out the big swap meet. Keith Henderson's Elvis Tribute on Friday and car shows, swap meet, and car corral all three days at the North Carolina State Fairgrounds, November 9th, 10th, and 11th. Information at CarolinaCollectorAutoFest.com. Broken heart, I can't help you. Rocket science, don't know what to tell you. This broadcast is brought to you in part by UbaTuba Boxer Shorts. Click the banner ad on this website today and receive free shipping. Or go to UbaTubaBoxerShorts.com. That's www.UbaTubaBoxerShorts.com. Hey, Junior, when you think we'll be able to get some of that fine Maurice's barbecue where we live? When pigs fly. Why you have to go and make some kind of smart aleck remark? I'm serious. Bubba, you big dummy, you can get Maurice's Barbecue anywhere in the new United States right now by using that thar flying pig service they got online. Oh, well, why didn't you just say that? I just did, you dang goober. 
voted best barbecue in the USA. Marisa's Barbecue is real pit-cooked barbecue cooked 24 hours over hickory coals. Now you can get Marisa's award-winning barbecue delivered right to your door anywhere in the USA. Check out the complete Flying Pig product catalog at marisasbarbecue.com. That's www.m-a-u-r-i-c-e-s-b-b-q.com. Or give them a call at 1-800-MAURICE. That's one 800 628-7423 Broadcasting live This is The Wally Bell Show back everybody and and proud to have Corky Stockham with us. Corky, you alluded earlier to the to the Nash, National Parts Peddler auction and trade show. And um, again, I I'm, I'm proud to say that I got a good personal story about that. Um, because somebody George that uh, that you've known over the years and and I think Gordy knew Chris Chris Lang had a uh, he had the Melco gassers. You remember Chris Lang? Uh, I was in his garage many times in Harrisburg, knowing very well. Okay, well, Chris had come up to the National Parts Peddler back then, like Corky said, the auction and trade show, and he brought a car that he brought this Camaro that Don Hardy had done a ton of work to, <clears throat> and Chris had taken it in on trade on one of his gassers and. They put an engine in this car and won a huge race over in Maryland, MIR, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and uh, so anyway, here was this Camaro, and I had just started dating Beverly at that time, and uh, you had to see my buddy Corky Stockham in action. The auction's going on. He's got his cowboy hat, goddamn five hundred dollar blazer on, a nice pair of cowboy boots, and he's right in the thick of this thing packed with guys buying stuff well the car came through and I threw a bid in on it and uh, it, it wasn't I didn't think in a million years that it would be accepted and it wasn't uh, it wasn't enough money so I, I went home and on uh, Saturday night and came up Sunday with Bob Gentile Doug Speech up one of Corky's old buddies and great uh, vendors at all these shows and I came up with Bobby to help him tear down his thing, and they were announcing for me to come over to the office. So I went over, and here stood Chris Lang, little bitty guy, dying with a cold. You don't want to go to Syracuse in the wintertime with a cold. I mean, it's not a good place to be. So he was anxious to get, he had a really nice cab over Ford uh, enclosed box truck, and he said, uh, would you come up? a couple hundred bucks more or whatever it was and I said yeah I would you know I bought this car really reasonable it was a nice car Gordy honest to God it was really a good car back in the day you know it was an old three link car so I go out and I got to get the money Uh, I don't have it with me 
So I Corky's in the middle of the auction. I walk up carefully and whisper in his ear, Corky, I need some money to buy this car that I was bidding on last night. Reaches in his pocket and he said, Here, just take what you need, you know. And so I made sure he saw how much I had. And Corky, tell the rest of that story how on the fall, what was it, Monday, uh, I, I showed up with money. And you said, Well, what the hell is this? Remember that? Yeah, it's true. I mean, this auction is very intense. I mean, we used to sell something every 13, 18 seconds. They had 18 people running the auction at one time, three auctioneers, and I was working as a ringman, and, and I can be an auctioneer, too. And the, the whole thing is intense. So somebody like Wally walks up, and if I had a roll of cash in my pocket, I'd peel off whatever it took to make something happen, and I actually forgot about it. God, I love comes, it. Comes around and says he wants to give give me back some money. I said, for what? And I really meant it. I really didn't even know. It was This was the wildest event you could ever imagine. People oh, would great. send tractor-trailer loads. Of, centerline wheels sent 1,005 wheels once to sell, We and we sold them for five bucks a piece. And wow. We, it was wild. Wow. Just wild. I, I would have... 10, 15 Jessel belt drives, and they'd sell for 100 bucks. Uh, just mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of items and used parts and cars. And Wally come along at the right time, and he got himself a real deal on a car. That was uh, that was really something, Cork. That was that was a special uh, special time. And like I said, uh, Bev and I will be married uh, later this month, 30 years. Wow. And uh, every once in a while, Bev said. You know, I I met some of your, all your friends from all the eras of your life. She said, but Corky always stood out in her mind because she said, what a great, what a great guy. He didn't even question you, you know, about the, I said, well, you know, that's a compliment. But I said, Bev, Corky's wheeling and dealing. So uh, she never forgot that deal because she was there when it happened, you know, and it was, uh, it was wild. Money means How, nothing to me until I don't have any. <laughs> I, have you ever noticed that? That's yeah. a good racer, isn't it? It, 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 <laughs> it is. It is. Hey, what, been, what, what happened to the Camaro, Wally? That Camaro, um, well, we, we, I sold it to a fellow in Binghamton, and uh, typical deal, you know, where the, the car worked so well. We ran it up at Esta, um, and... and I'm not bragging, but that's when I got in. The first time I pushed that nitrous button, button, I told Gordy Faust, I said, baby, I ain't never making a pass without this. I, I mean, we put nitrous on that car and ran, and we would typically be the quickest guy up there, and we were just trying to learn with that car, you know, how to make it go as fast as we could. And I sold it to a guy in Binghamton and... um it scared him, and you know we we showed him how to do the deal. I mean, he didn't buy it with the engine, but but we helped him get his nitrous on his. He actually had a better engine than I did, but it scared him. The car scared him. I don't know how or why, but anyhow, it it just sits in Binghamton somewhere, and it's it's kind of sad, you know. But but you know, I like what Corky said about the money because Corky, there's racing economics, you know. It's uh, it, it's kind of true. When you have it, you really got it. And when you don't have it, it's like, holy crap, man! I got to get some money. You know, hard to explain to people, isn't it? Well, and so if you're really a racer, you want to go to the next track the next day, and you're going to try everything to do it. 
I do it every all the time. I have a son that races. We have five cars. You know, they're micro sprints, indoors, outdoors, dirt, asphalt. We do a lot, and we put a lot of miles on. Uh, you know, wrenching that car and driving it all over the Northeast, and uh, so I know how to spend money on on race cars. It it just it's a paper shredding machine. It just so <laughs> that's the way it is. I relate to every bit of it. I've done every corner uh, in the sport. I've known in the racetrack. So. Well, Corky, is that that cute little boy that I, I actually think I held him once? Yeah, uh, well, he, yeah. <laughs> he was he was a little guy. Now he's a he's been racing since he was five years old. Quarter midgets, twenty eight now, and uh, so that's pretty good. He's raced about uh, twenty three, see, twenty five years. You know, he's yeah, really. A, I'd say twenty three years. He's raced all kinds of cars. Great race driver, and uh, we've done a lot of things. Well, it, it's got to make you fun that, or very proud that that Chris Stockham is a well-known uh, racer. Greg Zyla is normally with us. He apologized for not making it tonight. He wanted he wanted us to say hello to you, and he thinks the world of that kid. He's watched him uh, a lot, you know. And Greg, as you know, writes for the PRI show, and he's a publisher and a drag racer and a great guy. And he's yeah. normally here but he 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 just thinks a world of your son and we go to the races to have fun and we win a lot and that makes it even better you know that from your own experiences we yep. don't let up we keep working i think we won eight features this year one on pavement and I think seven on uh, dirt and we never know what we're going to do next we'll probably we might even go to tulsa and run at the chili bowl uh, the shootout for micro sprints we haven't done that yet i think that's about new year's we're going to try to make that and that'll be a nice nice deal but we're that's busy all the time with the parts peddler the newspaper and the trade show coming up it's uh, I'm, I'm only 64 but we run a you know we run long days and we work hard at it and that's what keeps us going god don't tell everybody you're 60 you're 64. To me, you're still just a friggin' kid, man. I picture my son as being just a kid. What you were talking about, how I had when he was a year old in the auction ring with a big cowboy hat on for a little kid, you know, and you think yep. a guy like you was holding him when he took some pictures. So. Jesus, that, that, isn't that wild? It's, now, is that the uh, the deal in Tulsa? That's the thing that Kenny Schrader and all those guys, the midgets and, and the micros. A week and, later, they, the same building, they have the chili bowl. This is what they call a shootout for micro sprints. They have they take this huge building and put a dirt track in it, use it, and they have 800 competitors at the first race. And then they, wow. after that's over with, then they take a week off, prepare the place over again, and run about three or 400 midgets they have there. Uh, what would be nice is to go there and get some practice running these micro sprints are very fast and then if you had a, a good midget you'd be all tuned up uh for the next race that That's would be a, that would be a dream those midgets down there usually sammy swindell or skid wins those high buck cars real fast real good that what kind of engines does chris uh run in those cars well, we have either 600 Suzuki's or we have a 636 Kawasaki in the, I think we've got an indoor car. We race at Fort Wayne, Indiana, Atlantic City, Providence, Rhode Island, and places like that during the winter. And, uh, so I don't know what we're going to, we'll try to hit whatever is racing, uh, when we're available. We do it. I'd like to go down to Florida and look for a, he's a great wingless, 
uh, micro sprint driver. You know, those they're hard to drive without a wing, and he. I think we won like eight of those a year before. He's he's really good in that. So we're getting we're getting all of our little cars going, and I, we were just talking to somebody about driving a, a dirt modified full size one on pavement. They ask us maybe uh, to drive their car. Wes Moody, you've heard that name, right? Oh yeah, gotcha. Yeah, Wes has got a, got an extra car he wants to put on Evans Mills next year, and he might put it under us. So that might be another twist. Oh, that that's that's phenomenal. Well, Corky, let's talk about. Well, first of all, in the middle of all this, if somebody wants to find your website, they go to www.partspeddler.us, right? Not US, and our our publications online also. You can see it there. And there's always interesting things. Lots of pretty girls, and uh, a lot of things about our event that's coming up next week. And, uh, Always interesting things, and it's going to get better. As I get older, I'm going to get a little smarter and probably put some more girls on. Well, I I think that, uh, George, you won't be offended by that, would you? Not at all, not at all. In fact, I wanted to ask, uh, Corky, is your son working for you at the parts peddler in yes. addition to racing? Yes, we, you know, we race. I try to make them work a lot if I can, you know. <laughs> it's hard to make you. a race driver work. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Corky, He's, talk uh, about... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, we, we we used to run three-quarter midgets a night, and one time I was driving down the road. I mean, I work hard at doing this. I don't uh, go to the races to say we're just doing did it. We, work, we, we go to win. We're driving an old cube van down the road to go quarter midget racing in Syracuse about probably 18 years ago, and he, he was about 10, and I'm telling him, Listen, you gotta learn to help your father and we're riding down the the whole truck's full of race cars and and so I'm giving him a big lecture about a young kid. You got racing's about work and this and that. You're not doing anything. He goes, Yeah, I didn't do nothing. He goes, I set three fast times, won three heats and won three <laughs> features last week. I love you. Like, End oh, of conversation. He's a smart kid, man. I love it. He Ten knows, years old, that's what he said to me. Oh, God, I love it. We'd run three classes and three cars because I didn't do nothing last week. So. Oh, God. Well, you know, that's when you knew that he he was a uh, a Richie Evans on the way, baby. You know, well, yeah, he, he really is down to five-mile point, which you're very familiar with. We've got a pitcher we're running five wide on the track and uh, in the dirt track in a small car. And uh, it... Uh, Lou Boyd up there in Connecticut, and he said, five wide? He says, what do you think of that, Christopher? He goes, I'd rather he goes, I'd rather get a job than run the bottom. Is that, is that, <laughs> I love it. He's a smart kid, man. I he know runs that. right out at the wall and passes everybody most of the time. <laughs> well, Corky, our listeners will love to hear this. Out of a clear blue sky, I can remember... remember uh, you and I were chatting, and you said it was your first trip to Bonneville, and you were really hooked. You loved it. Tell our listeners about your Bonneville career, because you probably have gone faster than most people that I know. Yeah, well, it went pretty good. Uh, I was good friends. 
with Bob, or Bill and Bob Summers years ago, great friends, and they got me into the Bonneville racing. And uh, when I was a little kid, when I grew up next to the, the Hot Rodders next door, I re- remember looking at the Hot Rod magazines and seeing Mickey Thompson and the Summers brothers. Young kid, and you always look at that as a dream. You're never going to do anything like that. But as time went on, about the mid-'80s, Bill Summers got me out to Bonneville and gave me a ride in one of his four-cylinder cars, and I was hooked. The next year, I had a, a, a 24-inch diameter Lakester that I got in a 200-mile-an-hour club quite quickly, and I think we went like 264 in the first real serious ride I took, and then uh, we raced and got some, you know, several records with that. We run the D fuel, Lakester, and C fuel, and B fuel, and that was a driver training car. I was got friends with Nolan White, great driver out there, and big streamliner car from San Diego, and Rick White, which currently runs the the dragsters out there. Uh, what do you call the front engine dragster? Nostalgia dragster? Yeah. Yep. He's, yep. he's really a great driver, but I was part of that team, and and. Uh, we actually had the first car to go 400 with Nolan driving it in 1990, and uh, with one Chevy motor. It was 25 years prior to that. Anybody, it was the Summers Brothers, uh, you know, with four engines in the Chrysler-powered car. And we went 25 years later. We did 400 with one Chevy motor, and uh, so I cool. got several rides in that car. And I think we, you know, we used to share different things i'd run like a 427 his son rick white would drive with a say a hypothetically a 500 inch engine nolan would drive it with a 600 inch engine but uh we had in the in the uh in the end the bottom line was his dad nolan got killed we had the i think it was 2002 we actually had the wheel driven record out there at two-way direction at 413 and wow. uh mm parachute that, broke and you know but yeah quick jim deets story old jim deets i got to know him real well from out there and he uh, first time i got in a two club we we drove actually made the return run almost in pitch dark i opened the lid up of this old lakester lane on my back and i look out and i see this light a little fire Actually, it was shaking up and down, and it was Jim Dietz's head popping out of his old 40 Connell line, and the cigar was lit, and he goes, Take her down to inbound, boy, you did it. <laughs> Every time we greeted each other in the world from that day on, instead of saying, Hi, Jim, he'd walk up and shake my hand and go, Take her down to inbound, boy. <laughs> what a great guy. We did this record run in it almost pitch dark. It was really something, but... It's great experiences. I've done a lot of things out there, set a bunch of records, and haven't driven in about, I don't even know now, maybe 15 years or something. We, I still I think I've only missed two years and 25 out there and uh, been lucky to be involved with the Nolan White the team years ago and I got to drive. You know, we had 400-mile-an-hour cars, and uh, I've gone, I think, about three... 383 or something like that I've gone in the car. So I've gone fast for just a... An old dinner bucket Joe from Syracuse, New York. God, that, uh, a couple times a year, cool. jump in the streamliner, and I got to become good friends with uh, 
Wally Parks out there. He used to pick my brain about the Cicero drag strip and all the things going on in the east and got to be real good friends with him. And one day when I was driving the car, he got in the car and went down like 364 miles an hour or something. That was back in about 1992 or three. He said, I'd wait all day long. He says, I see you drive that car. And he goes, I'll wait another three hours for you to turn it around and come back. He goes, I can't believe it. No practice. You get in the car and you're so calm driving the vehicle. On the, you know, the salts probably got about 20% the traction of pavement. And I, I was comfortable there for one reason, I think, was because, you know, we grew up in, in the snow zone here, as you're as you're familiar, we're used to yep. driving on icy roads, and it didn't even bother me. I mean, anybody that comes from the east and goes out there, they're used to driving on a slippery surface. And that, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I often wonder what that surface is like. I know, I know that, uh, uh, you know, some of the film I've seen that uh, it isn't just as just, smooth as I thought no, everywhere. No, it, I mean, it can be horribly rough. Back in the early 90s, it was terrible. It was really rough. And from what I said with Wally out there, he he's been there from the get-go, you know, and he said, I can't get over these drivers from the East Coast. He goes, what is it that they like this place so much? And I said, well, it's like us driving on a, uh, you yeah. know, an icy Route 81. We're used to this, and it doesn't bother us at all. <laughs> he goes, boy, you've got a good point. And uh, yeah. it's it really is a great great place. Absolute. Everybody should go to Bonneville and take in Speed Week. And you got all great people there. I, I can't say enough good about it. It's just a great place. Well, getting you know the Parts Peddler Show. You had Vesco's car at the show. I'm I'm pretty sure we had Summers's car there many years ago. And we had Nolan White's car there too. After yep. back in early '90s, uh, real really the the Summers uh, Goldenrod. Uh, that was in his day it was really something you know, oh yeah God, a couple yes. of years later we had uh nolan whites after we went 400 out there with one motor and we never had any tires back in those days we were d- driving 400 on tires that were 25 30 years old and that was something and uh yeah all that stuff at bonneville is great just just great i encourage everybody to go there well, Corky, how about the tire technology, so to speak? Uh, are there tires? I used to wonder about it. Are there tires being made to run there, or do you have to? How, how does that go? Because you know, I over know- the last twenty years, they've they've started building uh, tires. Uh, I know we ran the Mickey Thompson uh, tire. I think it was made by you know the late Mar Rifkin up there at M and H. Yep. Yeah, he made them, and so they sold them under their name. But you know, I haven't bought any tires in years, so I don't know if, if uh, I think they're all sold under the Mickey Thompson name. But I could be wrong. But you know, the cars now are—we've made a pass with our car before we crashed it uh, at about four fifty one way, and uh, you know, for home built uh, four wheel drives, we had two engines in it at that time. Uh, Streamliner it was something. Now they've got George Poteet out there. I haven't uh, been out in two years, but I think he went like four fifty or sixty with it one way. And uh, you know they set records. They used to send them by going both directions. You went down the salt, uh, and then we had an hour to turn around and come back the other direction. And I believe uh, they may be only going one direction now. It's a little safer. 
go you make uh, bring the car back and you have to go down twice in the average your speed to make a long story short so that's and you ha- usually you have an hour to do that when you used to have an hour to turn the car around it was hard to do because if there was something wrong with your car you, you couldn't do it so you yeah you might make a hell of a lap one way and you right right couldn't get it done we were making real fast uh, runs with a when we had one single engine big block and the car was belt driven it was like a a blower belt turned the drive shaft uh, to the front wheels it was all made out of all homemade it was uh, no wind tunnels there probably the body was built from bending it around an air compressor tank or something but nolan white was a great uh guy at building he built his own engines and we sold one at our parts peddler auction years ago big i don't know 496 big block or something but we had a great time out there and rick white I said he dri- he's one of the top nostalgia drivers yep. uh, today. He's a great, great guy, and their family. They'll they've had a couple of small cars since uh, we've had our accident out there, and the son was. They go out and drive modified roadsters and things, and they'll be back out there. And I hope to be part of that again. Just just say you got a horse in the race, you know. Uh, what, if I wanted to ask you just as a quick question, Corky, I've only seen pictures of Bonneville. It's my plan to go there sometime, but. Do you have the sensation of speed with all that open space? Uh, I'm a oh, pilot, and you don't have it, a sensation of speed. You, really you do have airplane. a sensation of speed. You take that, take the little car I had, a uh, drop tank to an airplane, you lay down your back and look between your feet. And, you know, <laughs> I ran about 300 with that. And let me tell you, uh, that that track gets as narrow as a you know railroad track. You're going about 300 miles an hour, and it is really narrow, and it's rough, and the track conditions change every minute. I mean, just like little potholes and everything else pop up, and there's crosswinds. When you get going, you know, years ago we had 10 miles of salt. I don't know what there is there today, but there's probably seven or eight miles that they use in the course as a five-mile course. Uh, and uh, you, you've really got... You get you get a lot of space, but it's a lot smaller than what you think when you're going upwards of 400 miles an hour. It really, uh, you know, I can only imagine at 450 how quick those mile markers go by. I think uh, at 400, somewhere is around every nine seconds. I believe if I'm correct, it's fast. And the, in the mile markers, sometimes you you say, "What was that? One, two, three? You know, I had one guy that used to put bubble gum in his mouth and he'd spit a. Every mile, he'd spit one of the five balls out of his mouth, and when the balls were gone, he knew he went five miles. <laughs> that makes sense. That's not a bad, uh, yeah. you know, but it's, 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 it's amazing. You do know you're going fast, Wally. You, if you went out there, you'd say, I'm going to build one of these cars, or I'm going to get involved. Or, it's, it's, I think they had upwards of 600 cars there this year. And most, you know, they have other events, smaller ones, where, you know, you can run all you want. But when you go to Speed Week and you get 600 cars and two race courses running at the same time, it's it's a wild deal. Oh, I, I look forward to it. Like it's mostly said. gray-haired people that run the cars. That they they <laughs> like going there once a year, and they got everything you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it, it, from powered bar stools to lawnmowers to cup cars to it's great. It's really a... I love it. Yeah, Corky, uh, talk, you know, talk a little bit about, like you said, you were able to bring to Syracuse, um, I should say Baldwinsville, I, you know, I, I always think of East Syracuse, but Syracuse, the fairgrounds, that's where the, where the parts peddler show is, and it's easy to find. If, if you're heading north on 81, um, 
what is it, uh, the interstate that you take an it's exit interstate like 690. there? It's so clearly marked. It's, it says state fairgrounds. You get off there, and it's clear to mark. It's easy to, to get in the place, easy to park, and... Uh, in the Center of Progress building, it's a big, famous building, probably a hundred years yeah. old, and it's these days we have a, a large trade show there with national vendors. You know, it could be Willwood brakes or or Aviad dry sumps or or just dropping different names. We've had them all there. You know, we've had all the the different people, and then we have a lot of local vendors and all kinds from road race, drag race, circle track, and. Uh, we usually have a big room with uh, some manufacturers send some specials in and let us sell the stuff still real cheap just as a promotional deal. Then on Saturday at 2 o'clock, we have three or four or five brand-new race cars that I have built, and we sell them to the highest bidder, and they're circle track cars. We may have, we may allow this one drag race car in just to see who's there. It's got some money. It's a Ford large tub car, I think a 65 Mustang beautiful without they took the motor out and i i don't know how fast it used to run but it would with a like a 500 inch engine would it be about in a quarter like an eight second car is that something Pro- right? yeah probably an eight second car. beautiful sure. car i think this car is we're going to put it in the auction with our main brand new feature cars i think the minimum price would be about 10 grand it wouldn't be quite as low as the one you bought no years ago, that was but that's uh, no, that was incredible. That deal was incredible. But ten grand's incredible. Yeah, ten grand for this car is showroom clean. The guy uh, took the motor out and put it in an alcohol dragster, and this this is just taken up his garage. It's gorgeous. It's ready to install a motor. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. And I think he'd come down to to about uh, ten grand for it. Last year, I did the same thing. I threw another wild car in. A guy had a. Uh, Wes Moody had a Dodge Ray Everham, like a former cup car, and it was sitting there, and they'd used it, put two seats in to take people for rides around speedways. And it was just, right, I mean, this car will go 200 miles an hour. This car is really great. And he said, I want to just put down your, your place for a display. And he ended up, he said, why don't you put that in the auction? Now, maybe I won't take it home. The car had a $49,000 motor in it. And he sold it in the auction for five grand turnkey. Started up and driving out the door. Oh my God! So you never know what you're going to find at this event. I mean, I, I I almost would like to go back to the big auction, what we used to do. But I mean, it was years ago. That auction was so complicated. It would cost you ten thousand dollars just to do the paperwork with yep. all the items. And that was that was really the truth. And these days. The racers are a little different than they were years ago. In those days, you used to buy a, a bushel basket of junk to see what's in the bottom. And these days, very people are wanting no junk, and they're very specific as to what they want. So we've kind of tuned the auction down and uh, turned up the show. And we also have on Friday night this Terry Lee Goffey's the number one Johnny Cash impersonator band in the whole country. And he's there from 6 o'clock to 8.30 on Friday night just to throw a little, you know, a little fun in the air and give the old guys a senior moment. Well, you know what? <laughs> if they, if somebody goes on Corky's website, that guy is outstanding. Corky, you can hear him right on your website. Oh, I know. He's he's great. I love, you know, the man in black. What color clothes do I wear there? <laughs> I love it. I, he's great. I think that... 
you've always had something that uh, that entertains people. You've always had it very. I like what you said about the buyers, uh, how they've changed. Because you know, George, I got a hunch that if Gordy and you and I were walking through an auction, we spotted a box and we waited. We're we're gonna buy whatever's in there to get one thing out of it. You know. That's right. That's, right. that's what yep. that's what yep. people used to do. And these days, you know, they look at something on the internet and make a click and get it the brown truck to bring it to you. But that was fun. We made a lot of things happen, and that's how you. A lot of race cars were bought. A lot of them were sold, and, and all kinds of things. The inventory we used to have it was brand new. People would never. They might get a little bored. We had a big grandstand, hold a thousand people, and they'd set their bidding on stuff for twelve. 15 hours a day, three days in a row. And it came Sunday night, and there was only like 10 people, and I had 300 items left. I was pretty nervous. Some people, like Wally, if he was there with a trailer, you could you could buy things for 10 cents on a dollar. I mean, just anything. Yep, we did it. Diesel you know, engines, wheels, cars, trailers, trucks, it didn't matter. Oh, it was that, that was incredible. I, But, you know, I... Corky, God willing, and the crick don't rise, I'm going to be up there. I'm going to catch you on Saturday. Uh, that'll be a week from this Saturday. Um, and anybody that uh, that's even thought about a great show, uh, you know, I'll tell you what. It's uh, If somebody said they didn't want to or couldn't afford to go to Orlando, they can go, they can go to Syracuse and see a damn good show trade show meet right. the manufacturers you know, those shows i go there i'm involved in them i've been in business 10 years longer than any of them the only thing only show i think's older than us is SEMA. and you know we're just dinner bucket joes that, that do it ourselves and we put we try our best to give people a good time and a lot of people that's they come here it's kind of a three-day vacation for them and there's seminars and all the normal things that go on in a trade show it was very casual and it's a place where the end user is welcome there's a lot of uh, big name people that, that walk the floor there exhibit there and uh, a lot of things happen and if you're oh, in the northeast you need to be here you will see different totally different vehicles at the parts peddler show than you'll see in florida or at indianapolis either they're both great shows i just try to keep my own thing going and uh you know it's it's uh it's a unique event and we try to keep it unique if we we, we want to turn up all kinds of good uh, bargains for people i I'm just tonight working on trying to get a set of scales that I could sell maybe in the auction. Maybe they're worth 1500 to weigh cars with. And if I could uh, get them as a feature item and have no minimum bid, somebody might pick them up for 500 bucks, And that yep. would be a good deal. Well, Corky, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And, um, again, well, I'm going to look forward to seeing you. I hope our listeners... Uh, we'll make an effort to, to, uh, to see Corky at the National Parts Peddler Trade Show at the Syracuse Fairgrounds. Corky, I couldn't say 690. It was driving me nuts, you know. Uh, but <laughs> Friday, anyway. I can mention the hours. It starts at noon on Friday next week. Goes okay. till 9 at night. And then we have the Johnny Cash music from 6 till 8.30. Saturday is from 10 till 8 in the evening. Sunday from 10 till 3. And even as things wind down on Sunday, that short day, 
what if there's anything left in that building these vendors that bring it there they don't take it home i mean guys with heavy equipment like mittler brothers that bring sheet metal brakes and and yep. uh, you know different things they sell them they don't want to put them back on a freight truck they make a deal and some racer goes home with a real good bargain it's a pretty slick deal. Thanks, Gordon. Go on our website, partspeddler.us. You'll get lots of information, and there's lots of hotel rooms, discount runs, everything. Just these guys get in the car and take a ride up there. Pretend you're racing, because when you go someplace to race, it you know that you don't care if it's 200 miles away or three. You just go. Just do it. Yep, exactly. Thank you, Quark. Thanks for Have having it. me on, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. See you soon. Bye bye. Well, Jeff, what do you think? Do you want to go to the Parts Peddler Trade Show? Man, I'd love to go up there. It sounds great. I, I, I would enjoy it so much. Uh, cool deal. That's awesome. Well, you know, I, I know that, um, uh, you know, when Corky started that thing, I, I've always been proud of him. He's always had the, the nerve to put stuff together. But what I was really intrigued with, and he really told the story well, is Bonneville. Holy shit, man. He... Excuse my language, boy. I'm getting to be pretty rough here, but he he got to, he really got into it, didn't he? I mean, he was smooth, Wally. Smooth. Yeah. Well, I I've got uh, I've got an announcement to make, and and um, I don't know of any other way to do it, Jeff. But to get right to it. But I I've been. Uh, I'm going to take a break, and um, and I'm God willing, uh, Jeff Gilder won't forget about me, and Racers Reunion Radio won't forget about me. But I'm going to take a rest, uh, and um, uh, you know, I've I've truly enjoyed, truly enjoyed the last two and a half years doing this show. It's been a, it's been an honor, Jeff, to do it. It's been an honor to have people um, uh, comment about our show. I've, uh, I think we as a team, I'm proud of my God, Gordy Faust has been here from day one. George and I has been here forever too. And Greg, uh, Greg Zala, uh, and Jeff, you've always been at my side. We've always endeavored to, to give our audience a great show, uh, more, more people oriented than, than, uh, maybe than some, uh, people do it. But, but whatever. I, I just always thought that we had a great sport uh, to talk about motorsports, whether it's drag racing, boat racing, jet racing. I've endeavored to have people from all forms, and and Jeff Gilder and I originally talked about having a show that crossed over, and I'm proud to say that most of the time we've crossed over for, I mean, we've had uh, every form of motorsports. We've had from champion racers to people that uh, some of our listeners had never heard of to, uh, you know, to all sorts of things. Jeff, I'm proud that uh, I got to do a stint with the Bobby Unser show that you put together and uh, put me in there as a co-host, and that was a fun thing to do. I was certainly honored to be next to one of the greatest race drivers that's ever lived, and, and he had a great time doing that show for a while, and like I said, we've always tried to uh, to give this thing our very best. I want to thank all of our listeners that have followed us. I want to thank all the listeners that that uh, that didn't follow us. I'm I'm happy that we that we were honored to to do this show and and uh, I'm not saying goodbye. I'm just saying so long. And uh, Jeff, I'll turn it over to you. 
Well, Wally, it's it's uh, certainly been my pleasure to work with you over these past uh, nearly three years. It, it it's um, it, you know I remember when I first asked you to do the show and and you turned me down, and and finally got you talked into doing this thing. And I totally understand you know what it's like to need a break occasionally, and uh, wish you the very best in that, and hope that you go out there and you get relaxed and you miss us so damn much that you come back and and say hey i want to get this thing going again that would that would really please me if you did that wally and i'm sure it would all of your fans and listeners out there as well you're uh you're an absolute professional at what you do uh it's incredible uh just how smooth you are with with your co-host and your guests and and how you conduct the show and i'm really proud to have been a part of the wally bell show for the past two and a half years and 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 hope that's not the end of it amen to that thank you gentlemen thanks jeff but uh uh it's my pleasure to uh sign off here on uh this break in the Wally Bell Show, we want to thank all of you that uh, have tuned in for the past two and a half years for your your patronage. We've uh, we certainly enjoyed uh, being part of your Wednesday nights at seven o'clock, and uh, who knows what's going to happen next. But also, we want to do a, a say a very special thanks to the men and women that serve in our military around the world, both past and present. We thank you so much for doing what you do, so that we can do what we do here on the uh, weeknights on Racers Reunion Radio. So to each and every one of you out there, good night and God bless from the Wally Bell Show.